The views expressed in the following program do not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB. Live from the WGBB studios in Merrick, New York, this is Sports Talk New York. And now, WGBB Radio presents a unique sports talk sound experience. Voices you've heard in the past, but now a new concept to tell sports like it is. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce the sports talk innovators. Here's tonight's host, Running Rob, Dr. Rob the Roadrunner. Randy, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been on this station numerous times, and... It's so great to be back. It's something I've uh, basically had on hold for a while. But tonight, we're going to do something I think that has never been done anywhere. We have around us today, I brought together three famous callers, sports talk callers, who I think are the Hall of Fame, some of the Hall of Fame callers of all time. On the other station, I'll just mention it, WFAN. That's how we kind of hooked up and became friends over the years. But tonight... We're going to have a round table. This is something that is so unique. It's never been done. Because when you think about it, ladies and gentlemen, this is what sports talk's all about. In the old days, when I was a kid, I would sit with my friend and we'd just shoot the breeze and talk about the Knicks, the Rangers, the Islanders, Mets, Yankees, fight about the, your team, which is better, who's better. Back in the 40s, it was the Giants and the Dodgers and the Yankees arguing who's the, who's the best. Tonight is going to be unique. I have next to me, who I'm going to introduce to everybody, and we're going to get a little synopsis on their background. I got Eric, the unfortunate sports fan, who basically you know him as Eric from Ronkonkoma, big-time caller on WFAN. Hector from Washington Heights with his blunt thoughts. He's out there on Twitter. He's also all the time, you hear him on WFAN. And they got Randy B., the sports historian. Eric, Eric, the unfortunate sports fan. Yeah, how you doing, Rob? Good to be here. Uh, yeah, just a, a little bit about myself, just to uh, chime in here. Uh, I grew up on Long Island. I grew up in North Massapequa, a mountain Suffolk County now in Ronkonkoma, as you mentioned. Uh, I've loved sports my whole life. Uh, played sports as a kid. Uh, you know, grew up as a Jets fan, Islander fan, uh, Mets fan, as which is why I'm the unfortunate sports fan. You know, if, if you know their history, um, at least lately. But uh, I mean, I love I love you know all sports. Uh, I play tennis, uh, you know, uh, when I can. Uh, just just watching. I mean, hockey. I, I love going to games. Uh, got my kids into it uh, with that, and they're really getting growing with that. So. I mean, I just, you know, just love watching sports. And, and you know, as far as uh, the, the sports shows, uh, you know, I work overnight, so I had the opportunity to call in a few times, and I spoke to different hosts over the years and and uh, got to know a lot of them pretty well. And, and actually, that's how I got to meet all you guys because, you know, we all do the same thing. We call up, and we had the uh, great pleasure of uh, meeting at a few games and everything and we became like uh, like a little family so it's pretty and, and, and it's pretty, cool. pretty much that's pretty much Eric yeah. like you said that's yeah. that's what we basically how we hooked up how we 
got to know we were just a voice in the crowd or on the airwaves, mm -hmm. but now we are real faces, yeah. you know, and, and, and that's what's great about this. Hector from Washington Heights, we know him as a great caller. Hector, give us some of your blunt thoughts. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the audience at WGVB, a little about yourself. Hey, how you doing, Rob and uh, Eric? How you doing? Um, we're gonna have to talk about this tennis stuff. I didn't know that you was a tennis guy. I didn't, you never told me you played tennis. But um, myself, well, I feel like I'm in foreign uh, territory here. You know, all the way from Washington Heights, coming out here to Long Island. I want to thank you for the invite. Um, it's something that as a uh, someone who listens to sports radio and calls, like you said, you always wonder what it would be like to be on the other side, to actually have the mic in front of you. And like you said before, we were talking off the air. You know, not worry about someone pressing the button on you and letting you go. Um, so thank you for that. As far as my sports fandom, you know, it starts like everybody as a kid. You know, you you start playing sports. You start watching sports. You start dreaming about maybe playing professional sports, and then that does or does not happen. But obviously, for us, it didn't happen. Um, and then, you know, you start listening to sports radio. For me, I found sports radio by honestly looking to where to listen to the games when I was on the road. You know, I can't watch the game on TV. And somebody said, oh, well, you know, you can, you can listen on radio. I said, oh, really? Okay. So listen to the game, and then after the game, what is this? There's people calling to talk about the games? This is interesting. And I got hooked. And then I ran into Mike and, and Mike and the dog. You know, you, you mentioned WFN, ran into Mike and dog, and, you know, you, you want to hear what they had to say every day. And then you start calling, and you get a little comfortable with different hosts. Um, for me, like Eric, I was working at night. And I started calling at night first with, like, Tony Page and Moose and those guys. Like, I had called before back in the days, but, like, random, you know, sporadically, maybe once or twice. But became really a regular with Tony Page and the overnight guys, JJ and those guys. And, and Sal, Sal Akata, man, he, he's the one that got us together. Let's, let's not neglect that. Yeah, we came together for because of the station, but right. Sal put a get-together together. We went out to a game, and we've become friends ever you know, since. I, I, I want to just touch on what you just said. A lot of times the hosts, they – Maybe with their mentality of going to school with communications and doing this professionally, I've always felt that they try to keep the separation. But right. in reality, what's really important with why we're doing this tonight is to really show that Sports Talk host is no difference between a host talking on a radio and a caller. The only thing that's different is they got the mic in front of them and they got the power to hit the button where we, tonight, have that ability, and we get to shoot the breeze because it's all about passion. It's all about love. WFAN was introduced all because of that way back when in its unique time. I remember the first day it went on the air. But I must get to my uh, our fourth colleague tonight. We got Randy B., the sports historian. Randy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you into this? And um, kind of, I'd like you to share the story how me and you hooked up. Well, good evening, all, and I uh, hope everyone's all right on this Sunday night. And thanks for tuning into our show. Uh, to be quite honest, Rob, me and you, we came to a head talking about the New York Cosmos, uh, obsolete soccer team that's been gone for close to fifty years, but it did start Pele. But more than that, let's get down and talk about what's happening in New York sports right now. Rob, what are these Knicks doing? You know, I want to tell you something, Ren. When I think about it, uh, they're the hottest team right now in New York. Now, growing up, in the past, I talked about my background. Um, my father was a, um, a commissioner of football in New York City. He uh, also was a coach and an official. And basketball 
and football was something he really introduced me to because that was his, that was his thing. Um, he coached over at Midwood, and I got some great memories and pictures of him coaching in, in Madison Square Garden back in the old day. But, you know, I grew up at Cedarhurst, and right outside my office, my medical office at Cedarhurst, is a plaque literally right across the street of Red Holdsman uh, that the Knicks uh, came when they dedicated him back in 1998, um, you know, a lot of the Knicks showed up from his, from his teams. And growing up, being that I'm just about to be 63, guys, I saw everything. I saw those first championships, Ram. And I must say, um, seeing Red in town, watching the early, early Knicks, my thought on the Knicks right now, they're the hottest team. They've been so bad for so long. Dolan has tried so many different things. Right now, with the addition of Jalen Brunson, and everybody is picking on Randall, but I think Tom Thibodeau is a reincarnation of Red Holzen. Now, people don't know, a lot of young people don't even know about Red Holzen. He was an NBA player back in the 50s. He coached the Knicks at two championships. Um they had the really phenomenal teams, the robberies with the bullets and the robberies. You remember, Rand, um, because you're old enough to know we're about Boston. the same age. Celtics. Celtics. I mean, with we, 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 Tommy Heinsohn. Jojo uh, White. Uh, I mean, some of those. Havlicek. Havlicek, John Havlicek. I mean, the Celtics, to me, were the, the biggest dynasty. But what we're seeing now, because right now we're in a real doldrums for the most part. Of the major sports, meaning the Mets, the Yankees, the Giants, and the Jets. And ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to WGBB Sports Talk, the second hour, uh, a unique show um, with, with the roundtable. But I'm, I must say, with the with the Knicks going forward, I love the addition in Brunson. He reminds me when Earl the Pearl came over for the second championship when he, when the Knicks it was they didn't think Clyde was going to get along with him, but he, it was it was a great addition to the second championship back in the seventy two seventy three season. And all those are against the Lakers. You know, it's just phenomenal watching it. The, the city's alive. When the Knicks are good, everybody's into it. Hector, I want to ask you a question. We were talking last night on Twitter. About um, you know Jalen Brunson and, and <coughs> listen they would do it a losing game I mean let's face it they, they, this is the longest winning streak they've had in so long um, I brought up to you and I said to you listen I think uh, Jalen tried to do too much he he almost looked like a hog at times because the Lakers <laughs> were double teaming him I love the guy I love him to death I he's the greatest addition to the Knicks but you disagree with me you said you know Rob we'll talk about that where am I off on that with that thought. Well, it's funny, you know, you're going to bring that up for me to talk first about the Knicks because, honestly, when Brunson came on the team first, I thought he was a ball hog. Um, but it was a different time. You know, we really didn't have much. It was the, what he needed to do for the team at the time. And I didn't understand that at first, but a buddy of ours, um, Doug in Long Island, Doug in Long Island, used to always um, talk to me about that, and he opened my eyes to it. But moving um, forward to last night, I mean, when you think about it, you didn't have Julius Randle, you didn't have OG, you didn't have Grimes. The guys that were there were struggling to put the ball in the basket. Um, so he had really no choice. Now, credit to the Lakers, who were double-teaming him very hard, coming at him hard and trying to get the ball out of his hand and make somebody else beat you. And unfortunately, we didn't have that. And Hector, also a physical game against Indiana on Thursday. Right. Took right. a lot out of the team. Right. Right. That was a punishing, grueling game. But the way I see it, you know, when you have that situation and your best players on the court, he usually takes over. He carries you to the win. And that's what Brunson tried to do. 
Unfortunately, he wasn't able to do it, so it looks a little bit bad. And like I said, I think you know, and, and that's what I was. I think I said to you, what they did, they wore him down because they played phenomenal yeah. for three quarters. The fourth quarter, it's look, the Lakers, they knew what they were walking into. They're, the rivalry. Now you're too young. Well, don't forget. Look what the Lakers did. LeBron and AD took what one, two games off before coming, and they made sure to come play at the Garden. You know what I mean? Fully rested. Well, maybe they started without those guys though. I don't think those guys played. You know what I'm saying, but but they played. They had all their guys, their big guys playing, and we only had Brunson. You know they're gonna do that for so, the Garden. And, and like you said, we had one nine in a row. They were a little worn down from the game before, like Randy just mentioned. And the Lakers did did well, like with their two possible Hall of Famers, definitely a one Hall of Fame player. Their their role players were able to make some shots, and our guys didn't. You know, I I love Josh Hart. I love what he brings. He's all over the floor. Every loose ball is his. It seems like almost every rebound is his. But he can't make a basket. Yeah. And yesterday we needed some basket. Like we really missed OG last night. If you look at this team, the way that is constructed right now, I mean, we probably could have well, used guys. What about too. quickly? We, we, are you? I mean, well, I actually liked the guy when he was on the team. I was kind of disappointed initially when he was traded, right. but because I was kind of like, well, you know, he give him some time. He's still young. In the end, you, you're thrilled with the trade, I guess. Right? What's your thoughts? Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah, thrilled. I guess thrilled. I'm happy. I'm satisfied with it. I think this is a much better fit. Um, quickly was a frustrating player to me. He showed a lot of good signs, and like you said, he was young, he was so there was time for him to develop. Um, but you Barrett know, too. Barrett was was well. Barrett, well, Barrett clogged up the lane. Barrett, I, I was I was done with Barrett. Yeah. There's two players in the Knicks that I've been done with for a long time, which is Barrett and Mitch Robinson. We'll leave Mitch alone because he's injured right now. And Fournier. But I love what Hardenstein has done with this team. He's a center that can actually play the position in many facets. Yeah, Mitch. Every Mitch is a great defensive player. But he doesn't do anything else. But I tell everybody, Mitch should give you 10 points just by stepping on the court. Mitch should get three putbacks and two alley-oops. He can't even do that. You can't pass him the ball because he can't handle it. He can't pass. He, he'll he get a rebound, and he'll play some defense. What's, what's your thought going forward as far as – I'm going to give you mine first. I'm going I'm to shoot after all you guys. Um, I love this team. I think this team here – yes, they lost last night. They just basically – they got worn down. Brunson got worn down. He just – they, they – he just ran out of gas is how I saw it. Um, going forward, I think this team, it, when Randall comes back, he reminds me of, believe it or not, I love, you're him. A, I love him. And everybody was getting ready to kick this guy out of, out of town. I think Randall's everything that New York is. He's, He's really, Ewing. Do you agree with me? Did you remind me a little of Ewing of the past? <sighs> I kind of see him as a Ewing. You weren't around for one I mean, three. no, no, no. Yeah, no, definitely not. But, 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 but Ewing, you were. So. He could mean to the team what Ewing did. Some people are putting Brunson up there with, with Ewing right now. No, Brunson but, is Earl of Pearl to me and, 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 and Clyde. Right. They kind of, because he's a point guard, and that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's got the moves, he's flashy, and he could also put the ball in. But the I just think Clyde. Julius is, is, he doesn't back down. We New Yorkers, we don't back down from no one. No, no. You know what I mean? Does he have a little attitude? So do we. You know what Coach, I'm saying? I want to ask you about Tom Tibbs. What's your thoughts on, I love the guy. I love the guy. What's your thoughts on it depends on what day it is, how I wake up, to be honest with you. When we first got Tibbs, I was I was worried. I didn't think he missed the, matched the timeline. I thought he was going to try to rush to win. Now, credit to him and the front office, because I didn't like when we hired Leon Rose. I was like, what are we doing here? Did they not learn from the Mets who lied a, a player agent? And how did that work out? So I was worried about all of that, you know, the World Wide West and all of that nonsense. You know, as a Knicks fan, we've been frustrated for years. That's why this is so good. Because it's taking time, and even now we've been frustrated. Like, where's Leon Rose? This guy doesn't even talk to us. Right. What are they doing? Trade for this guy, trade for that guy. You know, you, you go on Twitter. I don't get into that stuff. 
Go get this guy. Go get that guy. People, like you said, want to get rid of Julius Randle. But what I always say, if the organization believes in what they're doing, doesn't matter that we go crazy because fans are always going to go crazy. But stick to your plan and see it through. And we're seeing it through, and it looks pretty good. I feel good about this team if Randall comes back, and I'm not worried about nobody. Means, but let's let Eric get in. Eric, quickly, well, your, just, uh, your thoughts on the yeah, but I want to touch on hockey with you because okay. I know you're a big hockey guy. And well, 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 look, as far as look, I mean, I'll, I'll confess, I'm not the biggest basketball fan. I I watched it, uh, you know, casually. But one thing I do have to say, though, and you got to admit, this is probably the first time that the ownership of the Knicks has really not interfered much at all with the team, which I believe is a big part of why they're. They're more successful now, good because look at look at how, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Dolan has handled the the hockey part of it. He stayed out of it, and they've been very successful the last number of years. He's starting to really lean that way now more to, with the Knicks as well, and they're doing what they're supposed to do, and they're getting more successful. They've had two two out of the last three seasons, very very good seasons. So, Listen, I, you know, I, 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 I think that's a big part of it. I think what Madison Square Garden is going to be. Hopping come the spring. Uh, I'm looking at another 94 type of a situation because either of these teams can go really, really deep. I think the Knicks can win the championship. The Rangers, look, hockey to me, because it's a little different than basketball, you got to really, uh, you, the AC doesn't really get there, but in hockey, the AC can win the whole thing. I want to just ask you something about about your Islanders because yep. um, we're going to touch a lot on, on everything tonight. And ladies and gentlemen, you'll see to WGBB the second hour here, a very different kind of a show tonight where we're having a round table. And like I said, I don't think this has ever been done anywhere with four guys just out here shooting the breeze who met from being callers on WFAN proving right off the bat in the first 20 minutes of the, of the show that – it's just flowing beautifully. Eric, tell me what's your thought on your Islanders? Where are they headed um, this season? And, 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 and do you like the fact of getting a Patrick uh, Ruar well, as a coach? Look, I'm a, I'm a little confused. I, I'm a huge Islander fan. Loved them from, I'd say, almost the inception. Only I was only a couple of years old <clears throat> when the team formed. But, I mean, I loved them right from the beginning. You know, when I started watching them, I mean, diehard all through the lean years. And believe me, they've had some lean years. And... You know, the last handful of years has been very good, and, and I'm a little confused with with what's going on with the Islanders lately because they had a Hall of Fame coach, you know, leading them in during the pandemic years and, and beyond that, and a Hall of Fame GM also with it. Are you happy with Lamarillo? At the moment, no. I, I actually think that he it might be time for him to step off the stage. Uh, but, you know, when, when the – Trust was let go. I was very confused, you know, uh, as to the as were a lot of other other fans. We don't we don't really have a reason as to what happened. We might never know. We might find out later on. But uh, wasn't happy with the direction at that point, which I think led to the recent coaches firing, and they brought in Patrick Waugh, who's a Hall of Fame goalie, and the guy knows what he's doing. It may not impact too much right now positively for the rest of the season. I don't know. I'm hoping it does. I just want to get into the dance because at that point anything can happen as we've seen last year. You know, number eight seed Florida went to the Stanley Cup Finals. Right. Okay, so I'm just hoping they get in at this point. They have a lot of injuries. They're they're an older team and like I said, I think Lamarillo at this point, unfortunately, I'm hoping I'm wrong, but he it might have passed him by a little bit uh, with 
with some of the moves he's making. Uh, he brought in Horvat last year. Loved that move. Um, but I, I think they need a little bit more, and unfortunately they're playing it, you know, seems that, Eric, since they had that during the pandemic when they had those uh, – Got to the conference finals a couple of times. It, it seems like they're just a little off. I, 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 something well, has the, happened the, the there. Se- the second year, after, you know, that they were in the conference finals, they, they made it to the last game. Yeah. I mean, look, I was at the final game that they played at the Coliseum. Okay. Which in itself is, is, a, is a travesty that they're not even playing And they playing lost there. that game, right? They yeah, they, well, no, no. They won they that, that game. They won that game in overtime the next game out of the road, right? to lose game seven in, in Tampa, unfortunately. Right. And, and that's the last, the last time they got there. Um, I mean that that play. I mean the the fact that then, I I like UBS Arena, but my home for the Islanders yeah, is the Nassau Coliseum. It should still be playing there. Unfortunately, it, it got involved in a politic type situation. The ownership at the time wanted to put his own money in to redo the whole area, and it just unfortunately didn't work out. They have a great owner now, thankfully, which which I think is also a big plus. The guy he loves the team. He's invested in the team. And he wants them to win, so I, I'm confident that they'll keep moving forward. Uh, it just might be a, at a little standing point at the moment. You know, Eric, I want to tell you, um, Randy, because we're similar age, he'll remember this as well. I used to go on on the Ranger games at both places. I had season tickets to the Rangers for a number of years, and I would still flip over to the Coliseum. And I tell you, they used oh, to I know be you have. wars. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going back. I'm going back to pre-FAN yeah, days the, when the Islanders, the Cup ran through. Yeah. From 1979, when the Rangers knocked off the Islanders, and then the Islanders made some changes, yep. and then they wound up having their run. Yep. But that was a major upset. 79 to 84, okay? Um, the, the Cup went through New York. Yeah, the Cup lived on Long Island. Yeah. You know, Rand, it's funny. You, it, it is Long Island, except for the one year you, that the Rangers. You could look at a lot of the, – there's some great rivalries out there in sports. You can argue with anybody that the Islander-Ranger rivalry is – Probably top three. I agree. People will say in any sport out there. Yankees, and, Red Sox, yep, they say. But Yankees. no, I will say this because those games. I remember going to games at the Coliseum. I'm talking playoffs. They'll games. be more fights in the, the stands than on the ice. Oh, they they they'd be killing each other, yeah. and the security would be running yeah. up, and there'd be fistfights going on. I mean, the hate and the, yeah. you know 1940, you yeah. know, and, and, yeah. and going off, and I I can still see Messier, you know, before they won the cup in yeah. the early 90s, you know, getting pissed off that the Islanders beat them again because oh, yeah. there was a run there if you remember in the early 90s. Oh yeah. Uh, the Islanders just had their number all the time at the Coliseum, and you know the younger fans don't really can't appreciate. What 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 it was like generally in sports, Randy? I want to touch base with you because I was just thinking like our backgrounds and um, you know one thing, Randy and I'm ladies and gentlemen, you listen to WGBB the second hour here of Sports Talk, and Randy is truly uh, when it comes to the sports historian. This gentleman that we met through the station WFAN, and ironically, we go to a game at Shea Stadium where we all connected. The three other, the three of us, City Field, City Field, Field. showing your age. We 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 went to a game, and Sal, who had the, the you know he he had the idea of bringing callers together, was just brilliant. Because to us, we were just, I mean, I had met you at a, at a function way yep. back. Uh, so I, I had met you before with a full month. Yeah, yeah, game game, yep. But, um, you know, Brandy, I never, I heard him on the radio say, Randy, and Hector's always calling with the Mets, Mets, Mets. I mean, the Knicks now are very good. Well, it's the Knicks, too, but he was, I know he's a major, major Mets fan. 
And the fact that we sat down, Randy, of all people, to sit down next to you, and then that conversation, I don't think we, we watched the game. <laughs> and this guy hasn't stopped talking since. <laughs> but, you know, when you look at the state of the sports, especially the New York Mets, let's turn to baseball a little bit right now. Sure. Is this team making any moves to make any progress to climb up the standings instead of staying where they are and looking for a wild card spot? I mean, who's our starters? Silence, right? Uh, who's our third baseman? What's your thought on Alonzo? What's going to happen with this guy? Well, the Mets could afford to keep him, and why not? I mean, he's a homegrown player. He's come through their system. He's productive. And if you put other major players around him, he'll fit right in, and the offense may not just jumpstart, but may be able to win the East over the Atlanta Braves finally. I don't see anything wrong with signing Alonzo yeah, to a long-term deal. You, they you. signed Lindor, and he didn't even play a game for them. I heard I heard a... a I think it was on a radio station or maybe I was reading Twitter that someone was saying that oh, I was on a radio station and uh, on FAN and someone called up and said, no, no, this guy's really cheap. This calling. He's not spending money. I said, wait a minute to myself. I'm saying sometimes they, it's funny. And I never, I never like to put down a caller, but sometimes a call is just, you're entitled to your opinion. And ladies and gentlemen, this is all about opinions. Absolutely. There's no wrong or right here. It's our personal no, thoughts. And that's some opinions are just asinine. That's all it is. Right. Some of the guys. I mean, that. the guy has spent more money than anybody. They named a tax after him. Okay? I mean, a cone tax, you know. So, listen, the one thing I, I think he jumped the gun. Heck, I want to throw this at you. And either, either of you guys. Um, when they signed Lindor, did you, I got the feeling. Yeah, when they signed him, that was almost, Cohn was like showing the fans, because he was on Twitter and interacting. He was showing the fans he's willing to spend money. Did he jump the gun? Do you think he overpaid? Well, what's your thought on that? If I, if I can chime in on that one. Okay, look, I, I agree with that to a certain extent. Thank you, Eric. Save it, because the, anything the, I say about Lindor is procedure. Yeah. And I get killed as a Lindor hater. So you no, go ahead. No, no. The, look, the, uh, look what, what happened in the, when Cohn bought the team, all right, there was a little bit of disarray because there was the actual, like, two or three GM, uh, potential GMs that came in, left, came in, left for different reasons, and they got caught up in a timeline when some major names were out there to be signed, and because of what was going on internally with the Mets, the Mets lost out on a couple of players that went to other teams, so I think Cohen... I wouldn't say jump the gun, but I think he did feel like he had to make a, uh, a splash, and so he signed Lindor. And and one thing I, I'll give credit to Cohen, if he has someone in mind, he, it does not come out in the media a lot, right? I mean, I'll yeah. grant that. I mean, no no one knew he was looking at uh, Correa, right. you know, last year. I mean, right. they, 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 oh, didn't, that was, didn't go they through. weren't looking at Correa. Don't forget, yeah. they, Correa was already signed. Well, and no, right. Was cold, and it came, he came, he came that way, basically. Right, that way. right. But, but there, there were some moves that came about that weren't really publicized. You know, they, they came out of nowhere, uh, which I like about that. But the pro, you know, but I think he, he definitely, you know, taking on Lindor initially, I think was great. I, I don't think he had to sign him after that. You know, knowing that there were other shortstops available at the end of there the season. There was a lot of shortstops. Yes, that was going to be. But also, not to cut you off, Eric. Remember. When Lindor came, he said he would not negotiate with the team right. once the season began. And that was a walk year for him. Cohen should have said, show me. 
Yeah. Because he didn't have a good year that first right. year either. Right. right. Isn't right. that the year Baez, right. they traded yep. Baez right. also? And they, right. And they had yeah. some dead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think uh, it's like Eric is saying, he, you know, having just bought the team, having made the trade, and because there was other players out there that they maybe had missed out on, there was a lot of pressure from the fans also, get this guy extended. Get this guy extended. I remember me myself going on Twitter, even though Lindor was not maybe the guy that I was pining for, once we had him and once all that negative, I'll say negativity was going on because it's stuff that you don't want to hear. It's almost like what's going on with Peter Alonso right now, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to drag on. We saw with um, with the Grammys last year. From the moment he reported to spring training, the first question they asked him, are you going to opt out this year? And he said yes. And they continued to ask him every time they had an opportunity, and he continued to say yes. And for me, it was frustrating. I was like, I don't want to hear about this stuff. We know he's going to opt out. He said it once. Why are we still talking about it? He said the guy play. You know what I mean? And at that moment, when Lindor, I felt the same way. I was like, you know what? Can we get this guy signed so that we don't have to go through this the whole season? So when they signed him and I saw the number, I was like, mm, that's a lot. But you know what? Everybody's saying. Are you happy that that career didn't wind up on on him? I mean, that turned out to be a blessing, I think. Uh, I mean, it's been one season. I guess right now you could say he's a blessing because he didn't play as much and he didn't perform as well. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I didn't want him, and I wasn't excited when they signed him. I was celebrating. Yeah. I was going nuts. I remember Sal came on. Um, I he came wasn't on. even hosting. I got cut off. He wasn't even hosting, and he came on. I called, and I was going crazy, yeah. talking about, yeah, now every gonna sit. we have every player. We're going to sit at every table. We can get anybody we want. But, you know. I think we did the right thing. We did the right thing, and that's what you want. Yes, we have the resources. We have an owner with money, but you want them to have good baseball people. I'm not sure Epler was that, but good baseball people, in, baseball people in charge that he listens to and trusts, right? And they do the right thing. As of right now, it seems like the career move was the right thing. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the second hour of Sports Talk Radio on WGBB. Uh, again, a very, very different kind of a show. I think unique. I think groundbreaking. I think uh, the listenership is probably hearing something they've never heard and say, wow, you got four callers on here talking sports. We're going to be back on the second part of the show. We're going to be continuing. Uh, definitely some exciting, some exciting stuff. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. We'll see you in a few minutes on, on the other side. to Sports Talk New York. Tune in every Sunday night at 8 p.m. on Long Island's WGBB. Broadcasting on 95.9 FM and 1240 AM. Or listen live online at WGBBradio.com. Country Foot Care, official podiatrists of the New York Lizards, have been delivering state-of-the-art foot care with good old-fashioned caring to Long Island residents for over 30 years. Specialists in sports medicine and foot injuries, Country Foot Care can be reached at 516-741-FEET or online at countryfootcare.com. Stay connected to Sports Talk New York on WGBB by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WGBB Sports Talk. Unflippable, unflappable, unleakable. The Gustbuster is the only umbrella that won't flip inside out, rip, tear, or leak. Capable of withstanding winds over 55 miles per hour. 
All of our umbrellas are constructed of the finest quality materials and backed by a limited lifetime guarantee. What are you waiting for? Visit GusBuster.com and get your GusBuster today. You're listening to Sports Talk New York on Long Island's WGBB. And now, back to the show. And now, part two of the Sports Innovators. Back to Rob. Dr. Rob, fill us in. Thank you so much, friend. Ladies and gentlemen, this is just fabulous. I'm having such a great time here. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Um, you know, this station, once in a while we do take calls, and we got a call. Someone is listening. And another Hall of Fame caller, Robbie from Lennox, who's been calling the station since its inception back on WFAN. Robbie, can you hear me? Yeah, hey, Rob. How are you, brother? Uh, Good listen, to talk Robbie, to you. it's such a pleasure. We've got... You know, Randy, the the sports historian over here, Hector from Washington Heights, and oh, Eric, nice. the unfortunate sports fan, who you know is Eric from Ronkonkoma. Everybody knows all about you. Yeah, how's we, it going, Robbie? It's, we, we, oh, it's good. It's good. It's, it's funny because when I first started called the fan, I was, I was Rob in Portchester, New York, and I was Rob in York, Pennsylvania, then Erie, and then I moved you know, up to the Berkshires. So, yeah, I've been, it's been Robbie in Lennox, Massachusetts for like 19 years now. So, yeah, so. But I've tonight, been calling it lately, so you're, yeah, yeah. you're a um, a big time Giants fan. Hockey's your biggest sport. We were just touching a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Eric was talking about the unfortunate Islanders because he's been suffering with them for so many years. Um, tell me a little about your, your thoughts on uh, the NHL right now because we we were talking NHL before we actually absolutely it. yeah. And I like did get a little bit yeah. of feedback quickly on the Rangers and a little feedback on your Yankees. Okay, about the Rangers. I mean, they started. Okay, so this year started off at uh, you know eighteen four and one, and lately the last month and a half, I mean, Igor hasn't played well, and coming off an injury and so forth, but he hasn't played well. I mean, the save percentage right now is eight ninety nine, so that's that's not very good considering he won the dozen a few years ago. Um, the problem for me with the Rangers, and it's always been a problem for me, is is the team that has generally been a soft team that that doesn't play well five on five. They they rely more on power play. And again, they need players that are, that will go to the net, crash the net, guys that play below the goal line. They have not, well, look at the history of this team. I and mean, when's the last time they drafted a, a decent center? John Rattel? <laughs> Seriously. When is the last time? And they always draft these wings. And the funny thing is, like, they drafted Lafreniere. This year in the past, the jury drafted a small, uh, right wing. Again, why don't they draft it? Like, when I watched Tim Slustra up in the center, they go, Man, why didn't they draft that guy? They need to send. They passed on so many guys. They passed on Ryan Getzloff years ago. They've passed on. They passed on. They passed on Mike Fossey for crying out loud. So did everybody else. But I mean, you know, the, the history of the Rangers has always ha- been Lobby, like. Are you happy with the coach? Are you, are you like the move? Uh, well, the, you know, the only problem I have with Lobby, okay, the thing was that a little bit too much of the one-three-one. I'd like to see them attack. Well, look, when they were when they were having success early in the season, they were playing well in the neutral zone. They were attacking. They were they were they were playing. Their biggest problem I see. Turnovers and gap play. Their gap play isn't good. You watch other teams like you watch Vegas. They're all over you. They're all over the puck area. As soon as the guys are on the puck, they're, they're all over them. And the Rangers tend to lay back. But you know, they, you know, I'll tell you the guy I want at the trade deadline. I think you get him. And he spent 11 years in Columbus already. Send me for trades. It's Boone Jenner. That's the type of guy they need. A guy who's strong, crashes the net, plays both ways. So we'll see, man. We'll see what happens. You know, but uh, I had Kevin Curran on my show. Uh, a couple months ago, and hockey was the least sport we talked about. Yeah, I want to ask you a question, Rob, because we, we, yeah, before, yeah. Before, you, um, before you took your call, we were doing a lot of baseball talk. Give me a quick thought 
um, of the Yankees offseason. Uh, uh, okay. How are they? Are you happy with their moves or what they or non-moves? Well, I mean, well, okay. So to me, okay. So you look at look at the look at the so the Soto deal, right? Yeah, we got a guy who's a great hitter. Okay, Verdugo's a good player. But again, I'll say this, and I'll say this a million times: slow and unathletic. That's what this Yankees team is, and, and a team that doesn't hit in the clutch. Uh, the Marcus Stroman deal to me can either backfire in front of Cashman's face, or it could be a very good, uh, you know, acquisition. At, you know, as far as as a third starter. But let's be honest, Marcus Stroman's got a history of injuries, and again, Cashman does the same thing. Look, they're going to be better. They're going to score a lot of runs. They need pitching depth. I would say they should add add one more pitcher maybe to the rotation. But I mean, as far as like this team goes, it's just. It's it's an, an athletic team. Wow, look at the teams that win championships. I mean, the teams are, are much much more athletic players. So I don't know. Eric, I So, what are your thoughts now, as far as uh, you know, since you're a big Yankee fan, as far as the new ownership change in Baltimore and what they're doing, because that's obviously going to impact you guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I my buddy lives down in Ocean City. I get some updates on the. On the oil minor league plate. See, but they, what the Orioles are doing is they're doing it right. They're bringing guys up from the from. Wouldn't you, Eric? Let me ask you this: Wouldn't you rather see a guy like Jason Dominguez develop from the Yankees rather than keep bringing in everybody from the outside all the time? I mean, it's nice to have a farm there, system where you actually play. Yes, you know? there's a yes and no to that. I mean, I you right. definitely have to have a blend of young and old on the team. Just right. like I think you need to have a blend of of hitters as opposed to sluggers. Okay. Wait, there's too uh, many sluggers on yep. the Yankees. Let's be honest. Guys don't put the ball in play with it. Look at the, the teams in the 90s. Guys that were line drive contact. I think Cash, look, as far as I'm concerned, I think Cashman's clueless at times. I really do. I don't think he, I think he's, you know, it's funny. When I had Kevin on my program, Kevin Curran, he, talk, he always told, you know, he says, you guys should get Kevin on. So that, he always talks about the nerds. The nerds took control of the team all the time. Uh, that's what it is. All the analytics is overthought really what, uh, what should have been guys that make contact, guys that put the ball in play, guys with some speed. So I don't know. I mean, to me, it's still the same top-heavy lineup. You got Judge, you got Stanton, you got Rizzo. It's right now. It seems like it's a big question mark. Bobby, thank you so much for checking in. What hey, a Rob, good to talk to you. Hey, if I want to, if I want to. And that was Bobby from Lennox checking in tonight, which is which is really great. This is the World Wide Web. You can hear us anywhere on, pretty much in the world on WGBB. Um, you know, we we. Trying to cover as many topics of the day that's going on here, and because we're located in New York, a lot of the, a lot of the theme here basically is, in, is you know pretty much in New York. Um, well, Rob, if I could just I just sure, want to touch on one last thing with the Mets that I know that the Hector and Randy want to get in on also. I mean, look the the as far as the what's going on with the currently now like with Alonzo uh, going into his final year. <clears throat> look, a lot of the teams that we compete against. That they claim they want to be a role, uh, uh, you know, operate the same way like the Dodgers and others. A lot of them locked up their players when they were really young, or if they had the opportunity, at least you know, early in their contract years. I mean, this, this is why I I believe as far as Alonzo, they should have locked them up like three years ago. Okay, but there's a lot of people who, with the belief that well. <clears throat> Uh, they could just, you know, because the the owner has so much money, they could let him walk at the end of the year, and then or or even trade him and re-sign him at the end of the year. You know, my fear is that he's going to be so annoyed about about that that he's not going to want to come back. You know, and it should never get to this point 
with someone like Alonzo. Alonzo has proven he could play here. All he's done is produce, and the guy gets hurt, and he comes back like a couple of days later. The guy <clears throat> needs to stay here. I don't know what you guys think on that. What's your thought on Alonzo? I mean, no, listen, I agree. I want to sign Alonzo now, and what Eric is saying is true. Um, but we also can't ignore the fact that this is a new regime now. Yeah. Yes, yeah, should Alonzo have been signed a long time ago? Absolutely. But it was the Wilpons. Could maybe have um, Steve Cohen done it when he first took over? Yeah, possibly. But then you had the changeover with GM. You know, first you had Sandy. Then Sandy tried to hire the GM because Sandy was, what was he, the president or whatever the heck he was, right? Then he had, yeah, he hired a GM, and I forget who, which one was first. I think uh, Porter, and he got right. caught up in, uh, I think it was some... DUIs. No, no, no. The porter was uh, sending texts or something with, you know, harassment or something like that. I don't, I don't even remember what it was. So I'm not even going to say. Then it was Scott who got caught up with the DUI. I thought it was going to be good. I think both of those guys could have been good. Um, you know, but for me, is I, I think, you know, we, we're carrying over frustration from the Wilpon era. We're carrying over frustration from 20... Yeah, but you know what, Hector, I think that San Diego series, we were at that game. Well, that's what I was going to say. That just was such a horrible that, way to end it. Well, no, that game was great. Don't forget, well, that was the, the Grand game. Ended, though, you know? Well, yeah, then I, after that, it seemed like that was the, the highlight of the season, and from there, it was downhill from there, right? You mean the game we went to? No, yeah, the, the, game, game, the, the game we went to, was, right, right. when the Grand came back, it was it was a great but game. But I'm we should have knocked off Atlanta, we had our chance, and we should have won the division, and we never should have came down to having play San Diego because that team was good. I mean, they could they could have made a. Well, it was work. good, but what I'm saying is like right now going forward, like all that happened, and, and and I feel like last season, like that that never ended, right? It continued until last season, and, and it just it was just miserable. To be honest with you, it made me not buy into the Giants this season so much in football, right? Because right. even last season, because I was just. I felt heartbroken, and I didn't want to put my heart out there again, right, to any of my sports teams. It's almost like when you come through a, a tough relationship, and I just scared to date. You're scared to go out and date, and you do it little by little. So that's how I felt about my sports teams. So even now with the Knicks, it's been tough for me to get all in because it's like, do I really believe in this team? But, yeah, oh, I do. watching it, watching it, yeah, now I do. Now now I'm all in. I think we're going to the finals. With, well, if, if Randall, the key is Randall, and I'm still worried about Randall. We could talk about that, but I'm still worried about what we're going to hear in two weeks. Yeah, listen, once I heard of his separation, being a physician, I knew right away. Well, yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you. Would you, I mean, be... you know, with this type of, ladies and gentlemen, um, you're listening to WGBB, the second half hour. And you got the doctor here, Dr. Rob Free from Lake Success. Uh, um, you know, and, and the, the, the new innovators, the, the callers are taking over the radio station. I really want to get to football. Because before you do that, before, before you do you that, do before that, you do that, I, I do want to finish my thought on the match because I think right now we're being unfair. You see it on Twitter, Rob. I get it on Twitter all the time. I get people that call me. Another f famous WFN caller, Joe and Clark. Right. I've become friends. Joe. Yeah, Joe and Joe. Clark. He's like a, a, a clone, a Joe Bonino clone, yeah, right? He's a younger Joe. He calls me almost every day at lunchtime, and he goes on his rants, and he goes nuts. I got other people, just the other kid, Bobby, and it's all negative for them, right? And you just mentioned, well, Rob just mentioned something, and Eric mentioned something about the Yankees and wanting to see them develop like a Jason Dominguez and bring guys up. And Rob, Eric talked about there being a blend and us trying to model ourselves after other organizations. Well, this is what we're trying to do now, right? I think the beautiful thing about where we are right now, and listen, I get just as frustrated as anyone about the way this offseason has gone. I think you could have done a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. Still do the farm, still make good moves, try to get under that luxury tax, 
and still go give me a DH and maybe a starter. They decided not to do that. Okay, whatever. But the beautiful thing about what we have right now is we have an owner that has more money than anyone. That is the resources that we haven't had, right? Because the Wolpers at the end, they didn't have any money. That's why they sold. They couldn't afford the team. So now we have that. And he has shown us he's willing to spend money. Is he not spending right now because they wanted to do it right? Because maybe he made some mistakes with the Verlander shirts and it didn't work out right? And we also have now a president who I wasn't pining for David Stearns, but he has the resume. He has a reputation, right? So we have those two things. We have to give it time. But we got to give it time, Eric. It cannot happen overnight. We want to see changes overnight. He's bringing people into the organization. We could talk about the pitch lab. All of these things that we were envious of of other teams, right? You look at other teams and you say, how come guys go to that team and they turn out to be good, but they come to the Mets and they stink? But because our practices were wrong. They were bad. So now hopefully we got good practices that we can be like those teams. But we have to give it time. All right. Well, let's, let's, let's ask this one question. Three of the last four New York Met managers have had no managerial experience. That's you, fire, you fire Showalter, who won 104 like games two years ago. What was the reason for that? I mean, he wasn't responsible for Verlander being injured or Scherzer being ineffective. Or, I think it's because they were bringing a new president and they want to start fresh. But you know what frustrated me about that? He never even spoke to Buck Showalter. He never did. He should have gave him at least the respect to speak to him. And if you felt like you needed to move on, then move on. So I didn't like that. Now, as far as the new manager... We'll see. We talk about development. We talk about, listen, I'd rather have a guy who's been through minor league system. He's coached in Dominican Republic in the winter leagues. He's coached in the minor leagues. He's managing the minor leagues. He's now been a bench coach for the Yankees. Now, we could say it's almost like Luis Rojas, who had the same similarities, right? And he was the son of a good baseball mind. He comes from a baseball family, and he stunk. Let's be honest. Luis Rojas stunk. I could not believe how someone who comes from baseball had no clue what was going on in the game. He had no feel for the game, right? He was a robot. So that worries me about Mendoza, but I do like the fact that he's worked his way up as opposed to just pulling somebody from from the booth or someone who just came, you know, who's going to be a puppet. And maybe this guy's going to be a puppet too, but I like his pedigree so far. So far, listen, time will tell. I always say if you get in, you could win. And even a wild card... Look what happened, you know, last last year to um, Arizona gets in there and uh, Philly the year before. So uh, a lot of things that happen. We must, gentlemen, we're getting to Super Bowl week. All right. Now that you mentioned Super Bowl week, what about our Giants? We have no defensive coordinator and our offensive coordinator wants to go to Seattle. Red, and there was problems all season long with the head coach. What do you guys feel about Dayball and the way the coach, the coaching staff has been basically worked and treated? the last two years. And like you said, Hector, I wasn't impressed with the nine-win season two years ago with Daniel Jones, but yet still they managed to give him $40 million. Well, here's Are we drafting a quarterback? I, I, I'm not a Jones guy, man. never been a Jones guy. I didn't like I'm that. I'm drafting a quarterback. Money. We're drafting a quarterback. You have to. But here's, and me and, Rand, me and, me and you, Rand, have been talking about this since the beginning of the season, uh, pretty much how you have a team that gets to the playoffs, they basically were exposed against the Eagles on in the playoff game, okay? That was a mirage, the playoff win, I think, because the real Giants had six months to prepare for opening day against the Dallas Cowboys. The coach coming off, uh, the, the coach of the year, what happens? 40 to nothing. The second game, they're getting killed at halftime. Somehow Jones pulls out a miracle. This team was exposed. The coach, in my opinion, is overrated. He's 15, 18, and 1. Yes, he had one good year. And Randy, 
We got Bill Belichick, a New York Giant, a, a man who has won six Super Bowls with the Patriots. He won two with the Giants as a coordinator. He is, my opinion, has always been a Giant. He loves the Giants. He loves the organization. He lost two championship Super Bowl games to the Giants. He would have had ten championships. Randy, why are we not passing on this guy Dable, who really, I know it's a constant moving, moving, moving musical chairs, but guess what? Bill Belichick, he will, instant credibility, free sign, free agents will want to come play for him. What's going on? Okay, look, you saw the team exposed in the loss to Philadelphia in the second round. From that point on last year, everything went downhill. Now, you have a football team that, on special teams, make more errors than anyone else in the division. You will not win the division or the NFC if you cannot beat Dallas, Philadelphia, in your own division. The Giants have not beaten these teams. Well, they won the last game of the year versus Philadelphia. But when you go back, they got clobbered by Dallas. And they were overmatched by Philly in both those. Dable has to win NFC Eastern division games to take this team to the next level. I don't think he has the capability. No, I, I I agree with you. I think that going forward, this is his last. He, he, he better do it. He better have a good season this year, a winning You season. can't only beat Washington. No, yeah, no and that's, Washington, that's not enough. They're, they're, they're gonna get and we barely, we barely beat them. Right. I mean, and, and going forward, this is his year. If he doesn't produce, Bill Belichick is still sitting on the sidelines. I still want to Bill. I kept ranting and raving. Bill Belichick, why isn't he even talking to the guy? Hector, what do well, you got to say? About no, no, this, the Bill Belichick thing, I'll be honest. When I saw that, that Bill was available, the first, I, I think I even, I don't know what to call it now, tweeted, post, whatever. Exit. Ex, I exited. <laughs> but I was like, the Giants have to make a phone call, right? right? Because that was my initial thought. This guy's available, you go get him. But then we talk about stability. We talk about letting things develop. And this is what I always say, and I said it a little while ago. If you as an organization believe in what you're doing, it may not look good, and the fans may go crazy, but you stick to it. So, if Mara believes that Dable's the guy, and Shane the, and Jane is the guy, and they they all think they can get it done, then I don't have a problem with them sticking to get sticking to it because you bring Bill Belichick in here. Do we have a team that's close to really? No, no we don't even have a quarterback. No. Right. Well, well, so is is Bill really need, the guy to bring Justin in at Herbert. his age to really build something from the bottom up, or not maybe from the bottom, but you know, retooling? I things. was looking at it from a standpoint, Hector. That and he's going to want power too. He's going to want power, and you saw the struggle. Absolutely, we saw the struggle there at the end of New England, right? That's that's the knock on him. He couldn't build a team as good. Well, he also wore out his welcome. He was there a long time. Yes. And, yeah. And, and, well, and, and, but I, here's what I was thinking. The guy was a giant. He started with the Giants. Yeah. He loves the organization. He's a proven winner. He comes in three years, rebuilds the team. I saw back in 79 when the Giants, they were burning tickets. I kept posting it. They were burning tickets. 18 years they, of lousy football. Players. I grew up back in, in the 60s, okay? I'm a product of the 60s. From 1964 to 1980, the Giants had two winning seasons. The Jets and the Giants, the big game was when I watched Monday Night Football once a year. The Giants would be on, and the Jets would be on. And they that did was, beat. 
and they would do good yeah. beat. They and they were Nothing terrible. Until, until 1981, when Rob Carpenter came in, and he loved Lawrence Taylor, when they had to play, when they had the plane fly over, 18 years of lousy football, the fans burning tickets, they had enough. Basically, George Young came in, the NFL basically got him to come in, and Pete Rozelle. The ch everything changed from that point everything forward. The Giants changed. became a winning organization, and I feel like what we've seen now has been the same situation that I had to live in the 70s. History always repeats itself, right, repeats itself. We, we always say it. Jet. Well, I mean, talk about history repeating itself. Tell us about your Jets. Tell us about how your team hitched their wagon to one 90-year-old quarterback well, named was, Aaron Rodgers. Well, I, before, I, before I get to that, the, but you talk about Belichick, though. I mean, the, look, the, the guy's a proven winner only only when he was a, a, co uh, a defensive coordinator with the Giants and with Tom Brady with New England. He's right. not been successful without him I or in that, Cleveland. But I guess the, the, can't the, he can't – I mean, it's on his resume, so you can't argue with that. Okay. But the guy's been a thorn on my side forever because he was a head coach for the Jets for all of about maybe 10 seconds, right. and then he turned his back on us and went off and, and became the major nemesis. And part of the reason for that, okay, is – Due to the, he didn't want to work for the ownership of this current team, which now sold this whole to the devil, and the devil's name is Aaron Rodgers. Okay, now, I, Aaron Rodgers is a phenomenal talent. I'm glad he's a quarterback on my team, but not for the reasons why they're doing it, and I, and they want to do it because they want to win now. And as we've seen, recent teams in New York, mainly, the the Nets. The, the Mets with Scherzer and Verlander went with a want-to-win-now mentality. The Jets are doing it with Rodgers. It has not worked. It's not going to work, okay, in my opinion. And, and unfortunately, I mean, they let him they, them letting him make all the decisions. I don't even don't, think he's going to – I don't think I don't Aaron Rodgers will – I don't, I don't even think he'll ever play a game for the New York Jets. I, I don't I, think I, he'll I, play I, a game. And if he does, he's not fitting his I would be surprised. They let him bring in – look, I don't have a problem if he wants to bring in – a receiver. They all failed. But every single one they brought in, you're right, Randy. They Billy all Hunter failed. failed. You know, you know and, and, Boyle and, failed. And, I, and I've Lazar. said this repeatedly. I've said this repeatedly because this, this is where the organization went wrong because they said, well, they had everything tailored around Aaron Rodgers being the quarterback. The guy was gone four plays into the season. They had all season to fix what's going on with the, even with Zach Wilson, and they couldn't do it because they don't have the coaching, the, the proper coaches in place to run a. Uh, they have too many the, holes. The organization the way they should be, and and I also believe very strongly that Aaron Rodgers is the reason why they didn't go get another quarterback. And they need a quarterback, because, right? Because, and they needed a quarterback because they they could have made the playoffs. And Aaron Rodgers knows Zach Wilson was no threat to him as a backup, and that's why he wanted him on the team. As simple as that. So. You know, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the second hour of WGBB. Uh, it's kind of winding down here. This this unbelievable hour that we've had together as fans, just regular fans. This is the concept of WFAN when it came into existence. The fan, because that's what it's all about. The host, the no difference, as we've proven tonight. There's no difference between a host and a caller except a microphone. Before we get up to the Super Bowl. 
let's be easier. Then let's give those guys credit. They put in work. You know, we're doing one show. It's going fun. I'm having fun. It's going good so far. But these guys have to come up with content day after day after day after day. Let's, and we still need friends over guys. there. Let's, okay. let's hey, talk. Hey, hey, let's let's talk a little Super Bowl real let's quick. Talk quickly, let's let heck that you. Listen, Listen, we're in New York, so so this is good. the Super Bowl is going to get as much time as it deserves. Like, yeah. who really cares here in New York? I don't. Does anybody no, really care? No, I don't no, care. No, you know no, what no, I mean? No. I guess the Swifties care. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. But for me, Liza cares. It, it is what it is. I I, I, I will watch because we all watch. You know, I, I, I who do you get, who do you, who's going to win this game? In your opinion? Who who's going to win or who I'm going to root for? I, I honestly I don't know who's going to win. I don't even know who I'm going to root for. I think when I think about who I'm going to root for for this game. I like Pat Mahomes. I like what he does. Whatever. At the same time, what's your thought? I, I, I want to ask all of you guys quickly on this one because this has been a thought to me watching Kelsey after the Jet Kansas City game on Sunday night when Aaron Rodgers had to show up just prove that he can walk around. He had to be there, and Swift was sitting in the in the building. What what's your thought on Kelsey right after that game? Every time I'm watching television, he's on a commercial. He's doing all commercials. Remember, those commercials are filmed in the off-season, so they were done in the summertime. Uh, are, are, are we saying that something was up on this priest in, in the early season? It is It is entertainment. But I, I, yeah, I don't mind that so much. I mean, look, the, it is what – I mean, they're, they're already showing Super Bowl commercials now, so, I mean, right. it's, it's crazy. But, look, but look I mean, the, I, I wouldn't – I'm kind of hoping San Fran wins just because I like to see different teams win, but I also wouldn't object if Kansas City wins because that will then one more notch closer to knocking off Belichick and Brady as the greatest of all time. Okay, which again, me personally as a Jet fan, I don't want to know that anymore. Yeah, but so. What does that do for you as a Jet fan? I hear Jet fans like even this this season, you guys beat the, beat the Patriots. Does that really give you satisfaction that you okay, beat them? When he's down, like, what do you want to beat him when they, when they were on top while Brady was still there? Like, I, even for the Giants, the Giants beat the Eagles. Yeah, same thing. Same thing. Nothing for me. Well, it did absolutely nothing. Well, all I all I can say, the, the only bit of revenge we had on that was when we actually beat them when Sanchez was quarterback. Close. Right, the, them and, right, and Brady right, yeah, to yeah, get yeah. to the AFC Championship. Yeah. That that's when they did it when it mattered. Uh, aside from that, uh, yeah, no, no, I saw people making a big deal out of it coming into the game and then even after the game, and I'm like. Can you you happy because you finally beat him when everybody? No, that didn't mean anything to me. You ain't accomplished they, they anything. They lost the draft spot. Right, right. I right. want to ask each of you before we wrap this up. Niners, Niners. Give me, give me one wish, one wish quickly, Hector, going forward this year. What, give me a wish on your on your sports teams. I wish that the Mets surprise everyone to make the playoffs. I'm right there with Hector. Actually, you know what? Hey, bro? man. I, I wish we extend Pete Alonso. Extend hey. Pete Alonso before the season. That's what I wish. After 51 years of waiting, I want to see the New York Knickerbockers win an you know NBA yeah, title. Let's go, Knicks, man. You have been listening to WGBB Sports Hey, Rob, Radio. thank you, Rob. The innovators doing their first show together. I think we have put together something very unique, very different, very original. You are definitely, definitely going to be expressed in the previous program did not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB.